We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good morning, baseball people, on a dreary December mid-Hanukkah pre-Christmas Saturday. Seems like a great time to talk baseball. Good morning, Bruce Levine. How are you? Good morning, Matt Spiegel. It is a great time to talk uh, any type of baseball or warm weather thing. You know, at some some point during the day, it might get light out, but I'm not sure. Uh, (laughs) Nonetheless, we will bring you as much sunshine as we can via baseball talk conversation cubs white Sox, great guest dusty baker joining us today adam eaton joining us today tyler kepner a great baseball columnist with the new york times joining us today we're hoping that you join us today at 312-644-6767 text us at the same number matt will read all that is worthy to go on the air and matt where would you like to begin white Sox, cubs a busy week for the White Sox, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Busy week for everybody with the Rule 5 draft, with the uh, pseudo-winter meetings um, virtually rolling forward, but lots of activity, that's for sure. Not big-time activity for the Cubs, and we'll get there, but let's talk about the two big acquisitions for the White Sox. Very interesting, drawing a lot of reaction Looking forward to talking to Adam Eaton at 10 o'clock. But before we get there, Bruce, you and I have not had a chance to discuss directly. Want to know what you think of the Sox giving up all these years of control for Dane Dunning, who was a great story, and as as well the other pitcher, the 23-year-old uh, lefty, um, it, who they gave up to get Lance Lynn. One year of Lance Lynn, but Lance Lynn is very, very good, and I know they tried to get him at the deadline. What are your thoughts on the deal overall? Well, he's a horse, and he's somebody that can get them closer to being uh, in the World Series. And I think that is the goal right now. So the White Sox have spent the last four years rebuilding, retooling, adding good players, starting to add some veterans last year with the addition of Keuchel, uh, the addition of Encarnacion, uh, uh, certainly Grandal. And now uh, the finishing touches appear to be happening right now, giving up a a really good-looking young pitcher like Dunning, and his future for a, a chance to win this year with uh, Lance Lynn being a part of it. And, and, and it is interesting to watch 
teams pivot. And we saw the Chicago Cubs do that as well with some young players trading off, you know, future star players to complete their run at a World Series in 2016 and continuing on uh, trying to win again in 2017, 18 and 19. So from all of that, um, I, I think White Sox fans should be thrilled that they have so much talent in the organization right now uh, because of the young players they've acquired and developed that they can go out and get a Lance Lynn, they can go out and sign an Adam Eaton, and they can feel that much closer to winning a World Series. I think Lynn is a terrific person and pitcher to add to this mix. Uh, just a veteran, an adult in every sense, a guy who has figured out how to be the most effective he can via his pitch mix, his mechanics, his approach, all of it. And, um, and, and, and is really going to be just a, a tremendous uh, horse right there towards the top and middle of, of, of that rotation. I do wish they had gotten two years out of it. I know they tried at the deadline. For anybody who doesn't know, kind of fascinating how Lance Lynn basically engineered his own no-trade clause. He told the Rangers that if he was traded somewhere he didn't really want to go, that he would opt out. And, and be done with the season. And in these COVID times, that's, you know, that, that's something that's in the players' arsenal, or at least it was this past year. So I know they tried to work on it with the White Sox. Do you have any sense of what that offer was, what they could not get done? Because, boy, Lance Lynn in Game 3 of that, uh, that uh, Oakland series would have looked a lot different than Dunning, Crochet, and everybody. Who knows how Sox history would have played out? Yeah, woulda, coulda, shoulda. No, I don't know uh, the names that they were talking about. I do know they were trying to add, but uh, they, you know, they, they felt that, uh, you know, this ne wasn't necessarily their time to step on the metal and uh, and push the pedal all the way down. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if they would have given up and probably did not want to give up Dunning then. Now with uh, another year uh, out of the way, a new manager who they hired to win a World Series, uh, other moves that they're now making along with Lynn and with uh, Eaton. Uh, I think we'll see them uh, do the very best they can to bring in a veteran closer like Liam Hendricks. Uh, this is all about winning this year. Uh, you know, it's no more we need a, you know, we want a uh, seat at the table. We deserve a seat at the table. No conversation like that any longer. It's all about winning a World Series. And uh, there's no slow roll coming out of the Chicago hmm. White Sox at this point. So, I expect them to continue to be aggressive. Well, let's listen to Rick Hahn from this week uh, during his Zoom press conference when talking about the Adam Eaton uh, uh, acquisition. And this was a couple of days after we talked about the Lance Lynn acquisition. But you mentioned Liam Hendricks. And the question was, closers, are you going to get one now? Could you get one during the season? You've got all these young guys. Here's Rick Hahn's response about that. Well, you certainly do see a lot of back-end types available uh, over the course of the season, obviously closer to the deadline. And if for whatever reason we wind up going with uh, mostly kids that we have on hand here, and if for whatever reason it doesn't work or we feel like there's a void, then there will be an opportunity, we believe, midway through the season to, to address that void. Uh, that said, if there's a way to upgrade over the course of the next several weeks or months, we'll, we're going to continue to explore it. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, is the way this game works, is, is everyone on this call knows, is we can go out and make that potential veteran ad here prior to the season and still at the deadline feel like we need to go out and get more relief pitching. That uh, tends to be a pretty common path for teams. Cliche question at this time of year. I mean, do you foresee 
you're 50% done or, you know, do you have a lot to do or just a few more th little things? Obviously there are a couple holes, but just curious how you, how you look at the rest of the off season for you guys. Now stay tuned. We'll see. Stay tuned. The drama, Bruce, that's fun. That's fun for Sox fans to hear. They're not done. You think Hendricks is, is a possibility here in the next? Uh, that's what we're hearing. Yeah, absolutely. Hendricks had a sensational year with Oakland. He was a real horse. Used quite a bit, uh, even though it was a shortened season, but used uh, a lot. And uh, he, he brings a, a big arm to the back end of the uh, bullpen, if uh, that's the way they're inclined to go. Or as Han said, uh, they might use uh, combinations of Hoyer and Bummer and uh, people with big arms, uh, the younger guys. I, I think it's a safer bet that they will go for a, a veteran uh, bullpen guy at the back end uh, because – you know, you use those other guys with big arms to dominate as you get to the bullpen this end uh, in the ninth inning. And then you bring in a guy like uh, Hendricks. And Colome was so essential over the last uh, two years to, uh, you know, showing the team uh, that the hard work that they put in during a ball game was not wasted. He was he was near perfect uh, for two years with the White Sox. And uh, that is the type of thing that you want at the end as well. You don't want... You don't want necessarily young people having to develop in that role. Certainly someone like Bummer, who's got a great arm, could. But he, he's, you know, he's a, he's a two-inning guy at this point of his career. That's so valuable as well. Uh, I think a, a veteran for the ninth inning is likely. You know, Hendricks had such a good year and has had such a good run here. And, boy, it, 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 the, the utility of him. Remember against the White Sox in the game that – that uh, that Oakland in the two wins, he threw 49 pitches over an right. inning and two thirds on that Wednesday game, and everybody's like, "Man, what are they doing? Like using him so much now they can't bring him back." Oh no, he came back, struck out the side to finish the Thursday game against the White Sox on 19 pitches one day later. So this is. This is a horse, as you said, in terms of a reliever in in, in the back of that bullpen. If it's not him. And if it's not a veteran, Cody Hoyer up front, that's a big-time arm. It's a kid, but uh, he show, showed a lot of moxie last year. What do, you, what do you think they would do? Well, you know, it's a little chancy when you're going for a championship and you want to develop a young arm as your closer. Because, uh, Matt, there's nothing more demoralizing than uh, you know winning ballgames with good starting pitching, good defense, a good offensive thrust, and then blowing that game in the ninth inning. And putting that on the shoulders of a young guy, I think Hoyer showed that he's got a great arm. He's unafraid. But when you put him in a role of the you know ninth inning, uh, that's a whole different animal. We we've seen it over the years, and it's no different right now. So I, I, my tendency is that they will go for that bullpen guy. They could always go for uh, somebody in in July, you know, the, at mm -hmm. the trading deadline, and do it that way. But you know, I I just think that. Just the way they've constructed the team, that uh, a veteran closer is the, the way they would like to go. And there's um, money for it. Yeah, uh, boy, it's, it's interesting. And then in terms of Eaton and what he'll mean, uh, Rick Hahn was talking about how it still leaves them with flexibility. Boy, the idea of maybe getting Michael Brantley, I mean, Marcelo Zuna is probably uh, a, a dream uh, and maybe out of the range, but the idea of still doing something else with another bat and having Eaton slash Angle 
as like your fourth outfielder, depending on what you do with Eloy at DH every once in a while, that stuff like that. Is that, is that still in play? Another corner outfielder for the White Sox? Uh, I think it's, it's on a back burner. Honestly, I don't think, I think the next money they're going to put forward will be for that closer, but I could be wrong. It's either going for what you said, or, you know, in a, in another big bat or, um, a closer. I'm I'm a pitching guy, so I'm going for the closer. Mm-hmm. I think offensively they can add another outfielder to the mix if they want to, uh, you know, down the road here. Uh, nothing that they have to spend a ton of money about. But you know, I had heard that they had thirty million dollars to spend in the off season. They've spent you know roughly fifteen, you know, somewhere fifteen, sixteen million of that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they have another 10, 11, you know, maybe million to go. And as Han said, uh, when I talked to him on the Zoom uh, during the week, he said, Jerry's always been, uh, you know, very strong about it. we'll stick to our payroll. But when it came to trading deadline and the White Sox were uh, in the mix, he always uh, coughed up the, the extra money to go after somebody else for that pennant run. So um, I think Han and, and Williams know that, uh, Jerry is all in with his chips this year. Yeah, I think some people might have expected a bigger, bigger ticket items, but um, the you know, the, but 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 if they get another one or two to fit all in, it's going to look pretty damn good by the time they get to opening day. Um, l- let's go to the north side for a moment, and frankly, it might not take long. Uh, what what has happened so far? We've seen some Rule Five acquisitions as they look for starting pitching on the cheap that they can find on the back end. That's what everybody's looking for. We've seen a third base coach in Willie Harris, uh, but we haven't seen a lot of other activity. How busy are they talking, seeking activity? What, what do you make of uh, the week that was for the Cubs, Bruce? Well, Hoyer, uh, Hoyer was on a, a Zoom call this week, and he talked, uh, he talked about the fact that, uh, you know, the conversation has picked up between the general managers and the front offices, and uh, there is uh, the usual December conversation albeit not any winter meeting thing like going on because there was actually, we talk about virtual winter meetings, there was actually none. There was nothing like that. Hmm. Um, nothing scheduled between Major League Baseball and the general managers and the uh, front offices. Uh, only things scheduled with the teams somewhat with uh, Zooms for their front office. Next week, all the managers in baseball We'll talk to reporters, uh, all, all 30 will talk on Zooms that uh, reporters can get in on and ask questions, including uh, David Ross. Um, you know, Tony La Russa will not talk until after uh, his court date on December 21st. But uh, from the perspective of conversations during the week, like the normal winter meetings, there was nothing like that. Uh, but Hoyer did say that conversations have picked up this last week or so, and he's been getting more calls, but, um, you know, I, I think the, the waters are pretty tepid right now for uh, Chris Bryant and other people out there. You don't see a lot of movement with any teams here. None of the big free agents have really signed or come close to signing. So we're still, uh, we're still in the more warm-up uh, section of uh, the offseason, even though we're closing in on the new year, and a lot of players have always liked to have contracts before the holiday season. That might not be in place this year. Well, Dave Dombrowski, now the boss in Philadelphia, was uh, a big news bomb that that happened during the week. And 
his name, his M.O., and his recent jobs, along with John Middleton's reputation and seeming M.O., led me to think that the Phillies are going to be a team that is in go-for-it-right-the-heck-now mode and that maybe Jed Hoyer should newly be interested in trying to drum things up with Philly any way that you can. But Dombrowski talked about retooling, not necessarily rebuilding, in his introductory press conference and said they might even drop payroll. I was a little surprised by that. Bruce. Well, you know, he's in for the long haul. You know, this isn't a one-year deal for him, so... Uh, he's taking on a big responsibility. They have a lot of money that is being pushed forward, especially with Bryce Harper at the lead there. So they didn't. I don't think they they brought in Bryce Harper to retool. Uh, I, I think they're still in trying to win mode. Mm-hmm. But identifying revenues, uh, Matt, is a difficult part right now. How much money uh, teams will be able to bring in? I think it's impacting trades like, um, from all my sources indicate that trades like. Uh, you know, Bryant, nobody, as much as other teams would like to have Chris Bryant on their team, uh, nobody wants to pay $18 million not knowing what their revenues are to go along with what, everything else they have. That, that's too big a risk. So, so uh, from what my, my indications are is that uh, conversations have been, well, how much of the Bryant contract will you eat if we make a trade with you? Then it becomes a little bit more unappetizing when you know you're going to be paying part of his salary and you might not be getting the players that you really want for a true talent uh, like Chris Bryant, who maybe has not played up to it due to injury, but certainly at age 28 is far from being done. Mm. So it's really interesting. I mean, theoretically, by the trade deadline, especially with the vaccine news that broke on Friday, maybe there's more clarity uh, during the season and by the deadline in terms of what the revenue streams will be and who can do what. It, it is, does your gut say that, that we don't see a big Cubs trade until during the season because of that lack of clarity? Well, I don't know. I mean, they have a lot of work to do. Uh, they have really good ballplayers, as Hoyer points out, but there's not a lot of them. Uh, you look at their roster – Go, I, I encourage everybody to go to the, the Chicago Cubs 40-man roster, and it shows two outfielders. Okay, so hmm. so there's a lot of work to be done there. Yeah, uh, can uh, uh, can Brian play the outfield? Sure. If he stays around, he might be an outfielder in 2021 for the Chicago Cubs. You have David Bodie that uh, obviously is a very good third baseman. Um he, he might be a regular outfielder for the Cubs or somebody else going down the line knowing his versatility. Um, you know, you, you have, uh, you know, hmm. a bunch of yeah. other people to look at. I mean, Horner might be uh, a guy that's in the outfield. He was used there, um, you know, um, with the, this week, you know, talking about who his outfielders are going to be. He said, yeah. you know, we can move a lot of people around, you know, like we've done in the past. But there's a lot of work to be done for the Chicago Cubs. There's no, no doubt about that. Yeah, your, your true outfielders are Hap and Hayward on the, uh, mm-hmm. on the depth chart over here. But uh, as you mentioned, Horner and maybe Bryant. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting just how, how, how little there, there really or, is. Or Spiegel. Spiegel could be out there. You never know. <laughs> I, I don't. I, don't I mean, right, right now, to. you know. Right now, you're not encouraged by what the Cubs are doing. But, you know, keep in mind, it's December 12th, okay? We have plenty of time to go. 
there's a lot of moves to be made. I think there'll be some payroll flexibility uh, for Hoyer to spend money, if even if it is trading dollars at certain points. And, uh, you know, the possibilities of, uh, of a long-term deal with a bias. Who knows? I mean, I think at some point they have to draw a line in the sand and say, this is who we are. This is who we're going to be in 2021. And this is who we're going to be after that. And I think uh, fans and media and everybody are waiting to see that declaration made at some point. Hmm. Boy, it's so much happened this week and really stop and think about it, Bruce. There's the, the whole minor league situation I'd love to talk about with you in some point. We've got really mm-hmm. good sound from Tony LaRusso on a podcast with Brett Boone, Lance Lynn from earlier in the week with, um, with me and Danny Parkins on the score. But before we take a break and then get to Tyler Kepner from the New York Times, a broadcaster hunt underway for the Marquee Network. The names that I have seen are very good. Very interesting and, dare I say, very traditional. Um, And I only bring that up just because, like, people have thought, well, is this a moment to sort of have a little reinvention or a little creativity on a play-by-play broadcast? I don't know that we're going to see that necessarily. I think there there are a lot of really good traditional play-by-play guys, some young, some in the middle of their career, um, who are very interested in this job. Do you have a sense for how that's developing yet? I'm hearing a Matt Spiegel all the way. That See, that would be creative. Dunk. That would be creative. That would be creative. And I think it would go over very well in the Spiegel household. It would <laughs> that, be that's, a, and that's about it. It would be a wonderful holiday season. And I, 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 just, you know, to be honest, and I'm just saying that in jest, you are a fine broadcaster. You are somebody outside of the box that would be somebody I'm sure that they would want to talk to. You know, Zach Zaidman is uh, somebody like that. Wayne Randazzo, our friend in New York. Uh, you know, people like Lawrence Holm at our st- homes at our station. These are these are names of of really intri- interesting, intriguing, you know, voices uh, in this city and around the country uh, that could be the outside of the box type guy to come in and be the next voice of the Chicago Cubs. They're, you know, it, it doesn't have to be Jack Brickhouse. It doesn't have to be Harry Carey. It can be a voice of right now not of the past. And I think, I think that's the intriguing thing about the hunt for the next Cubs voice uh, on, on television. And I think it's wide open to Mike McCarthy and Mike Santini to uh, you know, explore all kinds of different areas to decide who the next voice will be. Yeah, it, it's a really interesting moment, an interesting opportunity. And that's what I'd love to get a sense about as the offseason goes on is how much how much appetite there is uh, w- with the fans for something a little outside the box? I, I, I genuinely don't know. You know, I'm, I'm curious. I think it would what... be cool. Yeah. It, it, it's I think it would be great. Or, or multiple guys, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe two or three or multiple broadcasts, you know, where you have, you know, different things going on at the same time, you know, with, you know, with metrics, with, uh, you know, we've gambling. seen these, you know, we yeah, gambling metrics. I think... Everything's uh, uh, there and pos- possibility when you own your own network and you can do basically what you want. Well, so that's where could, the Cubs stand. That's where Marquis stands. If I could only take one Bruce Levine assigned job this morning, I think mm-hmm. it's center field. I think I still want to be in center. I mean, if I, got, if I can only take one of them, you know. So, so you, you feel that there's, there's much more um, – you have a better chance of a long – 
contract being the center fielder of the Cubs. They do the, the broadcast here. <laughs> I, think, I, uh, I get that. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah it makes yeah. sense. Hey, we got to get to a break. Uh, when we come back, Tyler Kepner of the New York Times, their national baseball uh, writer, will be joining us on 10 o'clock. As uh, Matt said, Adam Eaton of the White Sox at 1030. Dusty Baker, our old friend, joins us. Uh, on Inside the Clubhouse. Should be great fun from here on out. 312-644-6767 to hop in on the phone lines and via text as well. Right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You are listening to Inside the Clubhouse right here on 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel, along with, of course, Bruce Levine. And our next guest, Bruce, joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline. Alpamonte Ford is in Melrose Park. The wonderful baseball columnist for the New York Times, good friend of ours, Tyler Kepner, nice enough to join us on a Saturday morning in Chicago and in New York. Uh, I hope your weather is a little balmier and sunnier than it is here in Chicago, Tyler. No, it's uh, it's cold and drizzly today but it was uh it was nice and sunny yesterday so you know they might might get might have a day of snow next week so kids like that but uh you know it's a typical kind of gray connecticut uh morning so i don't know about uh the new york area but here in chicago uh there's been a lot of talk about the virtual winter meetings that really never existed um, right <laughs> <laughs> did, did you see? Did you see anything that reminded you of this time of year uh, during last week when it normally would be the winter meetings and we'd be in a conclave with 500 other people walking around and pretending to know something that we don't know? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was standing around my living room asking my kids if they heard any rumors. If, 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 if uh, you hear where Springer's going, you, you see, you know where the Rule Five draft is this year. You know, I don't, um, but uh, no, it, uh, it. I like I like seeing people there, but um, you know, it, 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 it's nice to be able to stay home for uh, for a week uh, in, in in the holiday season for a change. It was uh, that was nice, but yeah, I keep hearing all stuff about the virtual winter meetings. There was no virtual winter meetings. There was, you know, they had 
they had the Rule Five draft. They had some people zooming, but you know they'll have some managers on Zoom next week. But there's there's no meetings unless you're actually meeting somewhere. So um, it was just the time of year. Well, that hasn't kept us from talking, dreaming, positing, and and wondering what some teams are going to do in free agency. And some have been active. Some activity right here with the White Sox. You are are nearby the Mets where everyone wonders what Steve Cohen is going to do. And then yesterday, I know you were tweeting a little bit about the Phillies and Dave Dombrowski. Um, I'm dreaming of a crazy active National League East where everybody wants Chris Bryant. That, that's the dream for, um, for, for anybody covering the Cubs and thinking about those conversations. What's, what's your sense of how active um, the Dave Dombrowski Phillies are going to be uh, now that he is there, and we know what his previous MO has been in the last couple of jobs. Right, exactly. Like, um, you know, Dave was in a great position because he didn't, he didn't need this job. I mean, he's, he's, he's done everything he, he, he could do to be a Hall of Fame executive. I'm sure he's very well off, and I know he was very happy in Nashville. Um, I talked to him over the summer. He had moved there to try to spearhead that, that city's uh, efforts to, to get an expansion team. Um, and he was committed to there. I mean, when you move there, um, you know, you're all in, uh, but uh, you know, the Phillies came calling and, and it turned out that there wasn't a whole lot to do <laughs> for the expansion efforts, at least this next upcoming year, uh, MLB told him, um, that, you know, they weren't going to listen to too much about expansion for a while. So, um, he goes to Philadelphia, he got a nice deal, but I think more importantly for Dave, he's not going to go somewhere unless the owner gives him a, a commitment to try to win. Um, you know, at this stage in his career, that it wouldn't be worth it. And, and, and we know what he did uh, in Boston, like you said. Um, he took a team that had a lot of good pieces, and those Red Sox were better than these Phillies are. I mean, they had already won a couple of divisions. Um, but he took a team um, you know, that, that was a few pieces away and, and spent big, um, both in prospects and money to get those pieces. So I don't know if these Phillies, I guess, are as good as those Red Sox were to, to work with, um, but he does have six or seven, I'd say, very strong pieces there. It's just filling out that extra 18 or so that's, uh, that might be tricky. And how about Steve Cohen and those Mets? Trevor Bauer, George Springer, both? What do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of signs, a lot of smoke around the George Springer conversation. Um, I guess it would help to know if, if they're going to have a DH or not. Um, right now, they don't, um, you know, because they have you know they have three big league quality outfielders there. Um, you know, if you move Jeff McNeil over to second base, you have Dom Smith, uh, Brandon Nimmo, and Michael Conforto. Um, but anyway, they do they do like Springer a lot, and they like Bauer a lot, and and they have money. So um, obviously, because Steve Cohen was the only owner who didn't lose any money last year, um, so. He's going to be aggressive. They've already gone out and gotten Trevor May. But you guys know this is a slow-moving um, process in baseball. I've, I've learned over the last several years not to get too um, you know, reactionary to a, move, a market that moves slowly because uh, most of the time these guys take uh, some, you know, often into the new year. Tyler Kepner joining us in Inside the Clubhouse. He's Matt. I'm Bruce. We're with you every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball from 9 to 11 on The Score. Tyler, uh, you mentioned briefly about the rules and the mystery of the DH in the National League. None of the other rules in place either all have to be collectively bargained, I believe, except for the uh, one-inning rule for relief pitchers. uh, That can stay in place. Uh, How how contentious, how difficult is this going to be, knowing that everybody is not only looking to 
implement rules and get things going their way this year. But as of next December 1st with the new CBA, the great unknowns there and the great unknowns going in revenue-wise uh, for this year, it seems to be a real mess, uh, put it you know, put it bluntly. I, I don't see how, how we're getting out of this as far as connectivity between the two sides. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I agree with you um, on that point. Um, you know, and really, the way it is right now is all the all the rules that we saw last year, except for the three except for the three batter minimum, which was previously um, legislated and agreed on. Um, all those other moves were or rule changes were just for 2020. So now they revert back to the old CBA. So if they want to bring those rules back, the universal DH, the expanded playoffs, they have to reopen the basic agreement. And then it becomes a negotiation, right? And so the way the union looks at it, yes, they want the DH, obviously, and the league does too. But it's not that simple because the union feels like, um, you know, giving up the DH, if they feel like the DH for the expanded playoffs is not a an even trade. In other words, like they feel like, uh, you know, to, to, to allow expanded playoffs, they need to get more than the DH because expanded playoffs, you know, make a lot of money. The owners really, really want that. Um, so they feel like they can't just give give away such a valuable bargaining chip in the expanded playoffs only for the DH. So then it becomes a, a bigger conversation, a more complicated conversation, and one that very well could end up with them saying, you know what, let's just go back to go back to you know honoring the CBA in front of us, work on the next one um, rather than trying to do a one year patch that would affect. The future CBA. So no, I, I hear you, and they're not talking about the future CBA just yet. Um, that those conversations haven't haven't started to take place, and when they do, I like you fear um, that the sides don't really trust each other still, and and um, you know I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, you know thankfully there's one more year of the CBA, um, and they'll play next year, um, God willing. Only baseball could go backwards, right, Tyler? It's the only sport right. that could go. <laughs> there's, there's no, there's no sport. I mean, that's in a sense, you know, in a, in a cruel, negative way of looking at things. It's kind of the beauty of baseball because there's always been this disconnect, especially since 1973 when the DH went in in one league and stayed there, and the other league did something else. You know, it's like. How could that still be, you know, 47 years later, they're still arguing or using it as a negotiating tool uh, to uh, to try to move the other side to to get what they want. It's it's always been ugly. Yep. Yep. All because the Phillies owner took a fishing trip one day when, uh, you know, that story, about they were going to yeah. they were going to approve it. And, and the Phillies owner has sent a proxy to the meeting. Um but then when the time came to vote on it, there was some other wrinkle and he couldn't he couldn't reach his owner because the owner was out on a fishing trip. And, and so he had to abstain or something. And the DH didn't go through. And then it still hasn't gone through. It was probably was all set to happen in around 1980, 81, somewhere around there. But here we are 40 years later, still debating it. Well, there's uh, it does keep the conversation alive of no DH, DH. That, that's for sure. Tyler Kepner, The New York Times, here with us on Inside the Clubhouse. So my favorite stat about the viability of Dick Allen for the Hall of Fame came from your tweet four days ago, Tyler, because I've always looked at it as, okay, were you among the best at your position for a long time in the big leagues? And he was. The OPS leaders from 64 to 74 
minimum 1,000 games. Reggie Jackson, Billy Williams, Carl Yastrzemski, Harmon Killebrew, Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente, Willie Stargell, Frank Robinson, Willie McCovey. This is from the bottom up. Second, Dick Allen at 940. First, Hank Aaron at 941. That's stunning company for Dick Allen in that 10-year period. It's a shame he did not get there while alive, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, I, I, it's a very complicated case. He, he had a complicated career. Um, unlike the, the other 10 guys on that list, you know, the other 10 guys on that list all had uh, three, uh, a magic number, 3,000 hits and or 500 homers, except for, you know, Billy Williams, um, you know, who was a longtime Cub and, and, and came really close to those numbers, and Willie Stargell, who was a career pirate um, and won a couple championships and all that. Um, Allen didn't make the World Series. He got traded a lot. Um, he had a reputation as someone who was hard to handle. Um you know, and, and he went through he went through a lot of stuff that most people could could not relate to. Being the, you know, I, go as a African American um, trying to integrate uh, the the Little Rock baseball scene as a minor leaguer, um, really being the first black star the Phillies had. Um, they were the last team to integrate. Not a tough town or not an easy town. I know I'm from there. Um, so you know, he had a lot of of reason to be difficult. Um, but I think what it comes down to mainly um, is that voters don't really know what to do with a player, an uh, offensive player, who had about 10, 11 years of dominance but doesn't have the big career totals. I compared him in print to guys, more recent guys like uh, Lance Berkman and, and uh, Albert Bell, who also had, a, if you look at, if you isolate 10, 11 years, they were also way up there on the OPS list among a whole group of other Hall of Famers. But because they didn't have much on either side of that, they kind of slipped off the ballot within a year or two. Um, so I, I, I feel like they're, they're, he's an, Allen was an ideal candidate for the Veterans Committee um, because the writers have historically not really known what to do with those kind of candidates. And the Veterans Committee blew it. Um, they blew it. They didn't. I mean, the writers blew it first, but the Veterans Committee, when they had a chance to write that wrong and get him in while they were still while he was still alive, they didn't do it. And then the Hall of Fame did not help help things out this year by somehow being the only institution um, that can't function over Zoom. Um, they canceled their uh, Veterans Committee vote this year because they couldn't all get together in in, in the same room. Um, so unfortunately, um, you know, they might have been able to elect Dick Allen this year. And he died uh, the day after the vote would have taken place. It's it's a real shame for him, but I do think he will get in sometime. So at least his family and and history will put him in the right place. I'm all for moving the Hall of Fame out of Cooperstown, or at least really? at least till the the woman that runs it uh, decides to retire. One or the other. Okay. Well, I love too much. I mean, I, no, I, 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 you know, it's it's in jest, but I'm just saying. There, there's always been too much power from one person there, and not enough direction from the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's it, well, it's a very political, very um, complicated process. I, I think most of the time they 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 um, understand that um, the, the 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 no doubt guys do get in um, pretty easily, and then it, it's supposed to be hard to get in. I mean, seventy-five percent is supposed to supposed to be a hard threshold. Um, you know, it takes some guys 15 or I guess now 10 years on the ballot to get in. But no, I know there's a lot of background stuff up there. Um, 
that that a lot of people have an issue with. But man, I, I love the Hall of Fame so much, and I think we all do. And that's why people care about it. Yeah. I mean, you don't hear about these debates in the other sports; you just don't. Uh, but there's something so special, and I think Joe Posnanski wrote about the other day. It's kind of like American knighthood. You know, like for the rest of your life, that will be the first thing people say about you. It'll be first line of your uh, obituary mm-hmm. you will be introduced as hall of famer bruce levine for the rest of your life you know so it's uh, yeah i have i have nothing to worry about there <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of an honor and um it's cool yeah, that we, it really it, is it's cool that we care about it so much that that was nancy hey tyler of, thanks of, so much for Go ahead, Matt. Oh, sorry, Bruce. I just want to say that that Joe Posnanski column that he's talking about on Kurt Schilling, that that affected me greatly, man, because he he basically wrote that for all these years of saying, if you're great, you should get in. If you're great, you should get in. He kind of admitted that it's really about it's it's the club. It's like, do you deserve it or not? And he feels like Schilling does not. That was that was heavy stuff. I know we got to go, Bruce. I just wanted to agree with Tyler. Hey, Tyler. uh, Thank you so much for joining us at Tyler Kepner. We uh, read you all the time, New York Times, and uh, continue the the great work. And hopefully one day we'll actually see each other in person again at a ballpark. Yeah, I hope so. Let me sneak in one trivia question. You guys can chew on it while I while I come sure, up here. Sure. Which is which is the which is the last World Series matchup to feature two teams that had never previously appeared in the World Series? I'll leave you with that. All right, we'll work on that. The last World Series matchup with two teams that had never previously been in the World Series. You guys have some fun with that. Hmm. All right, take care. Thank you so much, take Tyler. See Tyler Kepner, New York Times. We got we to gotta hit a break, and uh, it, was, it was fun talking to Tyler. Next up, Adam Eaton, your new Chicago White Sox right fielder on 670thescore.com. And this segment on The Score is brought to you by Amazon. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. Good trivia question from Tyler Kepner there, Bruce Levine. Uh, the last time a World Series matchup had two teams that had never been there. Each of them had never been there. I don't, I don't have it. I know that he gave the answer to our guy, Adam Studzinski. So Adam could hand it to us if um, we want. I'm thinking it's uh, the Cubs-Sox 1906 uh, that's he's playing to the audience right here. Oh wow, he's right. Look at that. That's good awesome. answer. Good answer by Bruce. Well, Levine. I was there. I remember it. I remember much, it well. How much was a hot dog at that game, Bruce? Game one. There, there were no hot dogs. Oh, wow. There were only Wiener Schnitzel. <laughs> that was all there was. No, no hot dogs. No buns. Nothing. You know. Yeah. No TV. No radio. You know, mm-hmm. seven newspapers. Um, it's, uh, yeah, no, that was a great question by Tyler, who is a trivia buff and expert. We, we time to time, just text each other these mind-bending uh, questions like he threw at us uh, right here. It's, uh, it's fun. Oh, so good. a big part of the fun of uh, sports is uh, sports trivia. Come on, throw them at me every once in a while, Bruce. I like to have some fun with that stuff. Add me to a thread. Yeah, uh, you know what? Uh, at my age, people are just saying, oh, you're old and you've seen it all, so it's really not trivia. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's but yeah, part, we'll do it. It's all, it's all we part of my do it as a, uh, as a segment? You know what? We should do it as a, a short segment uh, going into a break every week if, uh, if the, uh, the boss allows it. That would be fun. 
I would I would enjoy that tremendously. That's for sure. It is inside the clubhouse here on 670 The Score. He's Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. Two real good guests coming up next hour. Um, can't wait to talk to Dusty Baker at 1030. Um, the venerable manager, the only man to bring five different teams to the postseason in the history of the game. It's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. And uh, before that, we'll talk to the newest White Sox right fielder and, again, uh, another um, former member of the, the organization, now back. Adam Eaton will join us. That's coming up next on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.